Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 264 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we discuss Mickey Joseph's first victory over Indiana as the interim head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And we also look ahead to Friday's game at Rutgers. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod.gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Justin, I want to start this episode by saying I never really liked Paul Christ. Um, <laughs> so, uh, good riddance. Yeah, I forgot how, how long he'd been there until... Just going back through his records. Do you yeah. think they're uh, Do you think they're pulling a, a Frank Solich or a or a Bo Pelini? The uh, football world uh, is tending to. Uh, I don't know. The online people are bringing that up quite a bit, kind of saying like, "Why on earth would they fire him? Um, he has a proven record. Thought he'd be around forever, and they're making a mistake." Um, I hope they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. On the flip side, hopefully Kirk Ferentz never fires his son as offensive coordinator. Sheesh. Sheesh, Iowa. What you doing? They're nepotizing. <sighs> More like necrotizing. I think that's disgusting. Uh, uh, is that just like they're like dying? They're... I don't know if you made up a word or if that's actually a word and it was really repulsive what you just said. No, I mean it's like, isn't that like <laughs> necrotizing is like a like it being in a state of decay and gross how and would, death and how would you spell that? N e c r o t i z e. Necrotize. Okay. To undergo necrosis or to cause to to under yeah okay. Anyway. To become or to make neurotic necrotic. Yeah. I think you're right. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that'll okay. be an interesting game when we play them. A couple of, a couple of interims. Mm. Oh man! So this morning, told my kids that we won the game last night, mm-hmm. and my six-year-old son said, "Does that mean Scott Frost gets his team back?" Oh. And I said, "No, no. Mickey Joseph's the coach for now." He's like, "Oh, because I'm a fan of Scott Frost," and I was like, "You know, I'm a fan of Scott Frost too, and he's gonna be a really good coach someday. Just, just not here." Right. I was kind of struck by that. <laughs> very very uh, precious, I guess. Sweet. It is, I don't know, I, I, it's probably silly to be talking about Scott up front here, but the thing about football, and maybe this is Nebraska's fan bases, we're just so 
one where I don't, we were so all in on him and no one wanted to turn their back on him. And then as soon as he was gone, it was like we had permission to think negative thoughts or to voice negative thoughts. And so then everybody was all of a sudden like, well, maybe what about this, that, the other thing? And sad. But anyway, uh, super pumped about this victory on, on Saturday. Yeah. It was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It was a game where even if we somehow lost that game, I think there was still a lot of good things to pull from it where I think people would have been like, Oh, well, you know, there are no moral victories, but we saw X, Y, and Z. Like, there were a lot of tangible things that were different about the way the team played yesterday. Uh, and thankfully, it paid off. I mean, it resulted in a victory. So, I'm, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, there there's people who are ready to hire Mickey Joseph right now. And it's like... Let's pump the brakes. Yeah. Let him coach the rest of the season and we'll see how things go. But like in two, three weeks time, I've seen tangible changes that I'm happy with. For example, uh, playing man on receivers. Hmm. Uh, that one I think is good. <laughs> I feel like tackling was better. I like how he was subbing out players if they messed up, uh, including yeah. our quarterback, even though, I'm not sure if the lesson that he was trying <laughs> to teach fired. the first time with our quarterback was too smart, but, um, oh, who is it? There's like a right tackle or something on the offensive line that everybody likes to dogpile on, and I don't want to name names, so I'm glad I don't know his name, but <laughs> there's a guy online that everybody's like, this guy doesn't block anybody, and they took him out, and then the guy that replaced him got hurt. Uh, actually, wait, no, he didn't get hurt. He got eliminated for punching somebody. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't Did know you think it was a punch watching it on TV? I, I didn't catch that. I must have been in the bathroom or something when it happened. I don't know. Um, but I heard people talking about it almost immediately. Um, yeah. M Mike, uh, were, how, were you okay during the game? Yeah, I was all right. I got a text from a friend who said, Mike seems angry. Oh, I was super annoyed with the announcers, like the people, okay. the commentators. They were obnoxious. Okay. What was obnoxious so, about them? They just like, they kept saying how much they loved Indiana. Indiana could do no wrong. They like the second Indiana did anything right. They were over the moon, excited about them. And we could, we're up by two touchdowns. You know, like, even at the end of the game, this is a perfect example. After the end of the game, like, the game had concluded, one of the commentators says something like, oh, well, you know, that Indiana team, they, they fought hard, and, you know, had they had all their receivers, could have been a different story tonight. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I thought it was your job to, like, talk up the team that won. Like, that's the way it always goes. Like, whenever a team starts winning, the announcers get behind that team. You've, you've seen mm. that swing mm -hmm. before. They got to talk uh, about something. Yeah, and it was just, I don't know. It was super annoying to me. And I also did not like how it seemed like they were taking a break every five seconds for a commercial break. I don't know how it felt for you in the stadium last night, but there was a lot of cutaways to commercials. So, yeah. It was a long game. There were a lot of flags. I'm not sure if all of them were warranted. It seemed pretty ugly at times. And... uh I'd say, couple... I'd say there was a, a, a lot of the flags were warranted, but a lot of them kind of seemed ticky-tack to me. But There were three 
uh, gentlemen sitting in front of me, young men, I'm not sure what the right term is, uh, who I would I would guess were international students. Mm-hmm. And at halftime, one turned around. And he's like, hey, how long do these games go? Are they like two hours, two and a half? And I was like, oh, maybe three, three yeah. and a half, maybe four. And he was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was his first game, first football experience. Um, so we talked about the rules for a little while, and that was kind of fun. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> two hours. What is this, soccer? Um, and also, I just want to say something real quick as an aside here. If anybody hears me clearing my throat, I'm not going to edit it out. I currently have COVID, and I'm doing okay. So thank you for anybody who's concerned. But uh, I guess you're going to have to deal with my clearing his throat every once in a while on this episode. Um, but, okay. uh, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm really curious as to what vibe I was given off on Twitter that somebody felt compelled to text you. Uh, <laughs> so Frustra- frustrated with the announcers i, think, I mean probably. yeah i mean but i was like i think that sometimes like uh, my tendency to use hyperbole might seem like i actually care about things more than i really do you know mike doesn't so. care about anything he's <laughs> no a passionless automaton and but like if i'm ever cat if i'm ever like tweeting anything in all caps from our account you can assume that that's me being like you know just obnoxious so did you, I don't know that there'd be any way you'd hear this, but during maybe the third quarter, the marching band played the It's Corn song. No. Corn Kid. No. That was then like songified by those guys that, mm-hmm. yeah, it, uh, that was a fun moment. They also did Hey Mickey at one point. All right. So let's see here. Um, what did I tweet? Uh, I tweeted. Oh, Mike, you're really bothered by this. No, I was just curious. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Actually, Someone did yeah. say to you at one point, "Stop." Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Okay, yeah. Here, here. I guess maybe I was going overboard. Uh, I said these announcers are giddy anytime Indiana does anything at all. Anything. Dude could be tying his shoes, and they'd be excited to see it. Uh, and then I said, "This is the end." Of my patience with your announcing cadence. Because at the end of every quarter, the guy would get up and be like, this is the end of the third quarter. It's like, you are announcing a football game, not a movie trailer, my man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I said, LOL, the one time the announcers complain about unnecessary penalties and was is when it goes our way. Uh, then I tweeted, holy crap, that was insane. Uh, LOL, now the announcers are making excuses for Indiana. This is so dumb. And then in all caps, stop running human interest pieces over live plays. Because um, they, they like cut away to like the sideline reporter. They're like, let me tell you about little Timmy Simmons and how he came to be the water boyfriend. It's like, I, the, the game's going on. Like, talk about the game. Do this when people are not playing football. Uh, and these announcers are willing an Indiana comeback into existence. They're desperate for it. Yeah, baby, run another commercial. More commercials, please. Do a full break after this punt. Uh, so maybe I was laying it on a little thick. Um, but uh, so it goes. That's what happens when Mike's got COVID brain and he's live tweeting the game. What did you think of the offense? Um, I liked it. I, they did good things. It was really cool to see a vertical attack for the first time in like 20 years from Nebraska. When's the last time 
we landed a YOLO bomb like oh that. Oh my like, gosh. When's the last time it actually dropped? You know, I still haven't seen a replay of how he got that open. Did he just run past him? He just he just ran like the ball just dropped right right in his breadbasket. It was like perfect hit him in stride so he could just keep running as soon as he had possession of it. Um it was great. I think I I think I heard something. I don't know if this was from Mickey Joseph or somebody relaying something that he said, but I think on that play, uh the who's the new offensive dude? I forget his name. Um Whipple? Whipple told Thompson like it was like a sandlot thing where he said just just throw the ball as hard as you can oh yeah and and he'll adjust and he'll get it (laughs) yeah that was Mickey Joseph's comment afterwards was that we always tell him like when you're throwing it deep just like throw it as hard as you can and he'll get underneath it yeah and it it just made me think of the sandlot he's like I need you to go out in the center field and just just stick your glove up in the air and I got you you know (laughs) so anyway it was um it was, you know, a quick flash of, of moving the ball, as has been the case most of the year. And then it was a similar kind of regression, um, but they stuck. I, I guess I, I can't remember which. Maybe it was Mickey. They said in, in the second half or maybe at halftime, they were saying that Anthony Grant was getting to the holes a little too quick and that he needed to slow mm-hmm. up a second to mm-hmm. let them develop. I don't know what his yardage was quarter by quarter but man he, we definitely came on strong in the end and yeah. it was it was really fun to see beautiful good uh clock management towards the end of the game too um slowing down the game a little bit burning some clock i liked that yeah you you kind of say to your I, I found myself thinking like how might this game have been different under the previous administration I, yep I tweeted that, and then people got really mad, and I deleted that tweet. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, I was like, do, do you think we won this game if Frost was coaching? I'm not sure if we did. I think the second, I think those last five minutes of the second quarter could have been like, oh, here we go, and then the downward yeah. spiral began. Because they scored like twice in three minutes at yeah. the end of the first half to make it a tie game. Yeah. When we were, you know, at least on the scoreboard, we're in control. Um, I saw... One of the defenders was pointing out that last year they had sixth and seventh year seniors and great athletes. It was a really good defense. They knew their stuff. And this year they just did not have the same level of understanding and knowledge. And so to have what Bush did was like they stripped away a lot of the extra stuff and made it more simple, more straightforward. And also I think they were a little bit more aggressive and uh, and it worked. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was one thing, uh, again, that Joseph said after the game. Uh, that I actually kind of appreciated. He's like, you know, there were a few more flags, but that's what's going to happen when you're being as aggressive as we were tonight. And yeah, I figure if they consider that kind of like collateral damage in order to get to where they're going as a fan base, we don't need to be too upset over the penalties. If like that's their MO while they're still adjusting things, you know, obviously eventually you'd hope they'd play a cleaner game, but, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He said the, the, uh, the penalties when you're standing still, like that, that really annoys him. Mm. But the you're gonna just get, you're just gonna get aggressive penalties when you're being aggressive, and that's okay. Be aggressive. Be be aggressive. See, I knew you wouldn't be able to resist saying that. And you were right. Do you know how healthy Noah Vedral is? Have you heard anything? No. About his performance this year? No, not at all. Before we started talking, I just heard that he was. Out. 
Oh, really? That's unfortunate. You see here on September 6th, even injured, Noah Vedral continues to make an impact. Hmm. Undisclosed. He's a captain. Huh. Does this mean well, we're moving on to, to Rutgers? No, but that's where my brain was at. <laughs> Got it. Got it. What would you do if this, you sing uh, out of since, tune? Since when, <laughs> since when have we been so successful on special teams? That was the, so it was the first yeah. blocked punt for a touchdown since 2009. And that the uh, that block was just, they were so overwhelmed. There was It felt like there was six Huskers running yes. back with the ball and like, one defender or mm-hmm. one on the punting team who was still trying. I mean, that was just totally smothered. And not only that, but like we had, we had some actual punts returned for some yardage for a change. So I'm genuinely curious as to like, are we going to be dead last in special teams after this week? Better not be. We'll find out. Drum roll. Yeah, and Bushimi punted well. He he pinned. <laughs> Could you tell how accidental it was when we pinned people when we pinned Indiana in the what's what is it the south east end zone? Like it bounced off a guy at like the one, <laughs> and he wasn't even looking for it. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I mean, it it might have looked like it was purposeful. It was totally an accident. <laughs> it was totally a mis. I I don't say mistake. It was totally accidental, on it. but it worked. Yeah, so we'll take it. Fortune favors the bold? Something like that. A wise old grandpa coach said that. Wasn't that a Mike Riley's? Hip, hip. hip, hip. Yeah. Hooray. Oh, boy. I still remember that uh, editing down that audio for one of our episodes of him doing that. Hip, <laughs> Did it take a long time? No, I just, I have a, you know, it's one of those things that's ingrained in my memory because I took the time to splice our, our elderly coach getting a bunch of 19 to 22 year old kids to yell hip hip hooray with him. <laughs> it was fun. Ah, uh, yeah. He also gave the, the all the captains earned a Werther's original for <laughs> for their deeds. <laughs> uh, that, that really struck me as funny for some reason. So- so I know now. I know you've been waiting for the black shirts, but I got something better for you this week. Do you think you ever heard black of shirts? reasons? Do you, <laughs> do you think we see black shirts on Monday or Tuesday? Uh, I genuinely hope not. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I think they need to give it a little bit more time. Mike, I don't know how many more games we're gonna win. Good point. Um, I'm so glad we won this game for a variety of reasons. Uh, but you know, if we couldn't win this last game, this is probably the worst opponent remaining on our schedule was the one we just beat mm-hmm. and they were missing their top two wide receivers, which I'm sure your best friends, the announcers mentioned a number of times. If we couldn't beat these guys, yeah, it might've been harder for the team to buy in what Mickey and Whipple and Bush were selling and, you know, things could have really gone downhill. And, uh, so Every, I think every win we get, maybe this is super obvious to everyone, but I think every win we get makes the transition to whoever is the next coach that much easier. Mm. Uh, because, I don't know, I feel like the mood just lifts. Oh, my, I, I, felt, I always feel guilty with how happy I was today, especially the first half of the day. <laughs> um, 
just not that emotional hangover of defeat that we've dealt with for the last year. Right. Right. Um, FC FBS defeat, certainly. Um, so anyway, I feel like every win is just a deposit, a down payment towards the future. Whether it's Mickey, you know, if we if we went out or yeah, if we can still go to a bowl, maybe maybe it's Mickey. But uh, unless that happens, I'm just assuming it's not Mickey. I hope I hope he's really successful this season and that he launches whether it's to the Huskers' head coaching position or elsewhere. I hope this is a great springboard for his career. Um, he seems to be doing a great job. The students, student athletes, seem to love him. Trev yeah, seems he's... to really appreciate him. If he's not the head coach at Nebraska after this year, he should be the head coach somewhere. Well, I don't, yeah, I mean it. Just, I mean, just because you, I suppose, if you can redeem this season, that's a really good thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to recruit, <clears throat> though. Obviously, he's actually an amazing one of our best recruiters. So, it doesn't necessarily mean you can be that CEO. I don't know what it means if you can <laughs> redeem the season. Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know what his threshold is to become head coach. I just feel like it's probably not him. Um, but anyway, I'm just, I, uh, I'm just confused by. I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, I so hope it's him, and they didn't even know who the guy was until three weeks ago. Like, sure. I, I honestly think there's a lot of people who are like, it's gotta be him. We, I'm like, hold on, they have like a search firm doing their business to try to find the best guy for the job. How about we just let the process play out instead of latching ourselves to the first person who gets behind a podium and says all the right things? Because guess what? He's saying all the right things. Like yeah. he he is like giving a master class in PR for what he's doing right now. Like as an interim head coach, I don't know if you could ask for more than what you're getting from him. <laughs> so uh yeah, he's doing a great job, but like he's coached two games for this team. Like what how how is he going to coach the team through adversity in the coming weeks? Let's see how he does that and then make an assessment, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. He's got it's an audition, it's an extended interview and yeah. I think he's going to make the most of it, so, you know, to the may the best man win. I don't I don't really have a dog in the fight. I feel like there's a lot of people on Twitter who are really pulling for people, mm-hmm. which I think we said this two weeks ago when we last recorded. Like, that doesn't do anything for anyone. Yeah. That only builds disappointment into the system. But, I, you know, I'm assuming whether it's Mickey or, you know, more likely someone else, like, we're going to be starting over. And so I don't know that it gets better. You know, it probably gets worse before it gets better at this mm. point. And who was I was just talking with a friend this morning about how how many times have we said that we've bottomed out as a team? And... <laughs> I I genuinely hope that whoever it is, I hope it gets better. I don't I don't feel like we need to. We have been bottomed out for a long time. We are scraping the bottom. I don't think there's any reason to expect it to get worse. Why can't it well, start improving immediately? <laughs> well, I mean, if if so, let's say it's not Mickey and Whipple leaves too. And then all of a sudden you've got a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive mm. staff. I mean, who who stays in that yeah. scenario? Yeah. I mean, wherever Whipple goes, I'm sure Chuba is going to follow. I'm not, I don't know. I just don't know. I feel like, especially if things go really south yet this season, and, you know, this may be a little silly to be negative at this point after a, an uplifting win, but, um, you know, if things, if things are rough, um, I just think... 
I just think it's scorched earth and whoever comes in, like there's going to be a bear cupboard and they're going to have a, a long road ahead. And, uh, and we're, we might continue in the wilderness, but at least we'll have our Moses. I appreciate you bringing the biblical metaphors back into the conversation. Here. Pastor Mike, we've been on a roll lately. We have just like the Israelites through the dirt. They were rolling. Yeah. I don't know if huh. you heard that. That was in the, apocryphal book uh like it was called exodus uh dlc i think is what it was called and that was when they got a tank so they were literally rolling hey justin you want to hear one of my favorite jokes uh two fish are in a tank one turns to the other and says how do you drive this thing (laughs) i kind of gave it away by referencing a, a tank already but I thought you were going to go down the uh, a talking fish route. Yeah, well, sure. There's that. I like anti-jokes, though. I like setting up those types of jokes and then not giving the people the payoff they want. Such as the talking muffin joke. Just say it where one, one muffin turns the other and says, sure is hot in here. And then the other muffin says, yeah. It's not a joke. It's just not funny. <laughs> I like subverting expectations. It's like the subversion of the subversion that makes... It's funny to me. If I just assume you're going to not be funny, am I going to be safe? Uh, so maybe sometimes. Or this one's a classic of mine. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow with a late reaction time. <laughs> Interrupting cow with a late reaction time who? Moo! Oh, dang. See, I thought you were going to subvert my expectations by actually interrupting me quickly uh, right 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 i could have i just don't but know did what to I believe. not subvert your expectations by doing exactly what you thought i thought that you thought i was gonna do oh man we're in deep now i think it's time to talk about rutgers wait let's look at sp plus mm, yes drum roll for the special teams i'm gonna do it on my chest so that i don't mess up the microphone and give it a long drum roll the Huskers come in at 63 overall, 50 for offense, 74 for defense, and 128 What for special teams. Still? This is garbage. What do we got to do? Don't... Block two punts and take them in for touchdown? Like, what do we got to do? I, I don't know what it takes to get, dig out of this hole. but I guess we had that shanked punt. So we're we're up five spots overall. We're up eighteen spots offensively. We're up eight spots defensively, and we're up. Oh, actually, no, we dropped eight spots on special teams. I don't get it, Bill. Bill Connolly. <laughs> yeah, I don't I feel like I'm in Bizarro World, or like last year World. <clears throat> right. I guess there were no. Field goal attempts to speak of. I don't know if that affects it. Indiana is 83rd overall. Offensively 92nd. Defensively 73rd. Their special teams unit is 32nd. Guess what we did to their special teams. How would you quantify what we did? We blocked one of their punts. (laughs) (laughs) Rutgers, who's 3-2, is 77 overall. Their offense is 103rd. So, worse than ours by a substantial margin. 
Their defense is 42nd overall, so, you know, like a third better than ours. Special teams, 41. Hmm. Hmm. And looking at uh, the old ESPN matchup predictor on ESPN.com. Dot com. Uh, it's got them having, I can't remember what it was two weeks ago, but uh, it looks like it's kind of a 50-50 affair. I mean, I guess they gave them the edge, 54.6% versus 45.4 for us. But, right. yeah, but looking at it, it looks like they're predicted to win by a little over a field goal at this point in the week. So, hmm. um, I feel like the... The uh, betting favors us, but that's just because Nebraskans probably bet for Nebraska no matter what. And I feel uh, like it skews things, don't you think? Maybe. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that garbage. Gambling is uh, a, a, a path to financial ruin for many. So I just avoid it altogether. Fair enough. I'm not a participant myself. <laughs> just alienated a chunk of our listeners. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, the over-under is uh, 51, so handful of touchdowns per team. I don't know. I feel like I would, were I betting, man, I'd take the over. I feel like this offense can score. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess their offense isn't great. Um, yeah, I'd, I feel like we should win by a lot more than that. I feel like this is winnable in the wake of a victory over Indiana, if that makes any sense. Totally. Um, I, I mean, this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, you you first. No, I was just gonna say. I think that. I think momentum is huge for this team right now. You know, I like you were saying, having a victory is gonna go a long way, and these kids buying in, and they're gonna work. I would say harder this week to get ready for Rutgers than if they had lost yet another game. You know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think every every evidence of things are working is great and it does seem from i mean this social media posts of the players going crazy with mickey in the locker room i mean they seem to really like him and are excited to play for him so yeah yeah the more the more that they can all feel the love the better i'm pretty sure that on a pat Indiana just smothered the long snapper, like jumped right over him and on top of him, which is cheating. You can't do that. And they didn't get called for it with all the flags. Oh, that that was something where if you were, I don't know if you could see it very well from where you were sitting, but there were like, I don't get how we were getting called for holds and their offensive line was not. Uh, people were actively tweeting screenshots of their players like with their arms wrapped around dudes trying to get to the guy with the ball. And, you know, I, it's, it is what it is, but it does feel like after a while, like there's this pattern. There's just the longest tradition in big 10 officiating is (laughs) not calling holds on (laughs) Nebraska opponents. It's just as old as time. (sighs) But, you know, and then there's those people who are like, Oh, well there's holding on every play. It's gotta be egregious. It's like, yeah, but yeah, but, Mike, what is your excitement level for a Friday night game against Rutgers at 6.30? Zero. (laughs) I think Friday night games are like the stupidest thing on the planet. Um, Okay, let let me rephrase that. 
I have the com- most completely moronic thing. <laughs> sure. Here. This is why I'm excited for a Friday night game. Okay, what? It frees up my Saturday. That's true. That's the only reason I'm like, eh, on the plus side, I can do what I want on Saturday now. <laughs> well, on this Saturday, I will be doing, or this coming Saturday, I'll be doing market to market. So I can't stay too late. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're getting, I think we have to leave our house at 3.45 a.m. to be ready for market to market. Oh, have fun. Yeah. Oof. It was fun when I participated in the past. Like, it is, I think if anybody is capable of participating in the market to market, they should try it at least once. I think it's, I think it's a really unique, fun experience. Absolutely. You know, that was a, the Friday thing. Like, that's a quick turnaround for us, but Rutgers got pounded by Ohio State. They did. On Saturday. So, you know, maybe. May I, I'm not sure who that benefits more. I mean, on in, on one hand, they got you know the snot kicked out of them, but on the other hand, we won a tight slobber knocker to the end, so our starters played the whole time, and maybe they were able to sub out their starters earlier. Who knows? So I'm not sure who. Yeah, gets the it's advantage. it's kind of hard to place Rutgers just because like they haven't beaten anybody of consequence. But at the same time, we've had people who are not of consequence beat us this year, so I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Boston College, eh, you know, they won by one point for that game. Uh, and then, you know, as expected, beat <coughs> Wagner and then eked out a victory against Temple. But then Iowa and Ohio State took it to him. So it's kind of hard, hard to know what to expect. What is the deal with Michigan State this year? I have heard and seen nothing about them. They've they've not done well. After they were like what eleven and two last year during Mark to Market mm-hmm. was the, it was the day we played Michigan State and I came home from the game and I don't or from the run I don't remember how close it was at halftime but that was the one where it's like we we're gonna win and then we shanked the punt hard to the left and never recovered. That might have been. In some ways, like the special teams play that broke Scott's back because that was going to be his signature win. Yeah. And of all the fluky ways to lose, my you know I'm, I'm not systematically working my way through my memory right now, but <laughs> that feels like it must have been the flukiest. Yeah. Well, now here ESPN says it's six o'clock start time. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking six thirty. So six. Six thirty was this past week, so maybe oh, we're right, mixing right. up Thanks. the two. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Mike, go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.